You're listening to The Growth Podcast from Voyager. I'm your host, Christian Espinosa. Have you ever wondered where phone numbers even come from? Well, in today's episode, I'll speak with Fred Wadia. Fred lives in a world of phone numbers, and it's a world filled with drama, excitement, and above all, stress. We discuss the ins and outs of the job and dive into the deep end of phone number portability. Fred, thanks again. This is uh, <laughs> this is actually round two recording. Uh, completely screwed up the first one, so I'm I'm grateful you were around to do the second one. Fred, can you tell us a little bit about uh, your background story with Voyager? Uh, you know when you started and uh, where you came from, maybe, and 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 how did that how did that journey look like for you? Um, I started uh, it. I started in 2000, May 2014, and I, was, I came from Ocon Internet to Voyager at that time. I was solely got to Voyager for only one purpose, which is to boost the voice side of Voyager. So I, right now I do porting for wholesalers and also other other stuff like um, relinquishing and of numbers and stuff like that so anything related to numbers comes to me had you always done uh, number porting Fred I used to do number porting at Ocon too um, and I used to help other things at Ocon also like billing and stuff like that but at Voyager I am solely doing uh, voice porting uh, for wholesalers and just I would say 10% to, of retail if something gets escalated to me. Can you explain a little bit uh, uh, what is number porting and and why is it something that is obviously so uh, important you know in, in your role? And number porting is like if a customer wants to move the number to us from a different provider an order is placed to move that number and on the day when the number is going to be moved it sends out a request to the system saying that we want to take this number to us and the system completes the process and the number is with us at Voyager. I'm sure that you've come across uh, issues in the process. Is it is it quite a complicated process would you say? It is some of them, sometimes, yes, it does become pretty complicated in the way that different numbers are. Like um, if it's a white number, it's pretty easy to port. Then to port a PSTN line or a pilot and a stepper type stuff because the pilot and stepper require, like carriers are different on a pilot and a stepper. Uh, and in VoIP, the uh, carrier is the same as the service provider most of the times. So it's uh, sometimes it becomes difficult when to port a pilot and a stepper type. All right, all right. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Now you may be wondering, like I am, what on earth is a pilot and a stepper? So let me explain. In the world of analog phone lines, we have what's called hunt groups. So, for example, if your calls are coming in from the outside world, Hello? they need to go somewhere. Once they hit the main number or the pilot, 
they're going to start to hunt. And they're going to hunt to those stepper lines, or they're going to step to those lines. Hence the name pilot and stepper. We don't have that so much in voice over IP, but it starts to cause problems when you have to now start porting numbers that are intrinsically linked to each other, like the pilot and steppers are. Okay, now back to the interview. Is this something that you can learn, you know, anywhere, or is it kind of on the job, you know, learning? It's mostly actually on the job learning, to be honest. Uh, every day I learn some new things when I request some things and some things do not work and I get expert advice or something from other providers and stuff like that. So every day is a learning thing on my end. Are you able to share any, you know, any stories that come to mind of, you know, where you've had a real hiccup uh, on a job or it's just it's just gone really wrong or, you know, would love to hear one if you have. Yeah. Um, yesterday, for example, I had a real hiccup on a number, which it's a pilot number and it had multiple DDI blocks attached to it and the customer did not know how many DDIs were attached to it. For example, this pilot number had around 152 DDIs attached to one single pilot. So we tried to port the pilot first and the pilot failed. Um, and we went back again to the customer saying that the number has failed for some reason. We found out that there were like so many DDIs attached to the pilot. Once we got that information, we placed another another order to get those pilots relinquished because the customer did not want to use those uh, DDIs at all. They just wanted the pilot to be bought in. We placed another order. The order went through fine. Again, it got rejected. The, st- uh, the pilot did not come through. The reason was there was a missing stepper associated with the pilot. Then we tried for the third time in... We were lucky at that time and we relinquished the stepper and we, were man- we managed to port the pilot to us the third time, lucky. So w- pilots and steppers and DDIs, uh, do you expect that our customers will know exactly what they have? Is it, is it easy for them to realize what they have and what they don't have? Sometimes uh, some providers provide everything on the bill. For example, we uh, at Voyager, we provide everything. If a customer has multiple numbers, we provide all numbers to on our bill so that the customer does not have any issues. But some providers do not provide all the numbers on the bill and that creates a lot of issues on the customer's end. Now, I just want to, I just want to step back a little bit, Fred. Um, what actually got you into, you know, this voice uh, and particularly number porting. I mean, what were you doing prior to, you, know, you said you were at Oricon prior to Voyager. Had you had a long run of doing number porting? Yes, uh, at Oricon also. Uh, actually, I, I and my other colleague started number porting at Oricon also. So we were the first people to do number porting at Oricon side of stuff when UCLL, LLU came on board and stuff like that. So we was to do number porting for all wholesalers, retail customers, dealers, everything on the other side at Void, at uh, Orcon end. From when I came here, also I had expertise on porting sites. So I was being hired for that purpose. And now I'm a subject matter expert at Voyager. 
what existed before number porting? Was there was there anything there, or was there even a need for number porting? How, how did it work? Before number porting came out, I don't think so. There was anything else except Spark and Telstra used to have a system where they used, they used to create call readdress numbers. So when a call readdress numbers is like a readdress number is a number which is forwarded to another number at Telstra Clear, and that's how they used to do Spark and Telstra Clear. But before that, there was nothing call porting at all. Sticking with the topic of numbers, I'm curious. I, I've you maybe you can help me debunk a myth, but I've heard of golden numbers. Can you talk a little bit about what that is and if that is a real thing? The golden number and platinum number only exist at Voyager. There is no way called golden numbers anywhere. The golden numbers are the numbers where which are very important in the sense like it. The last four digits might be one, two, three, four, or it'll be seven, 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 or it'll be eight, 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 eight type stuff. You know, those types of things, and those numbers are very important on our end. So what we do is, if a customer wants a golden number or a platinum number, for example, what we do is we assign the number to the customer, to the wholesaler, or to the customer, but on one condition that they can't port the number out, and there's also a rental charge for that number per month. Have you ever seen uh, or ever experienced where customers are, you know, fighting over a number? Does that ever happen? Um, it does, but it's very, very rare, to be honest. But we have assigned a number to a customer, but that number actually belonged to the other customer, which was just by mistake relinquished by the wholesaler. And that's the reason at that time. But it's very, very rare when it comes up. Do you believe uh, number porting will only pick up in terms of um, volume uh, as we move you know, more into a voice over IP and that kind of technologies away from the traditional uh, copper phone lines? Absolutely, absolutely, 100%. It'll, it'll ramp up, to be honest, because... Now there are mobiles also on that same network and mobiles are also being ported on that same system as well as our normal VoIP lines uh, are also on that same system. Also, there's an FYI where VoIP numbers are cheaper than PSTN type numbers, so there is a lot of move of numbers up and down on that system as we speak. Um, can you can you tell me, is there any? Anything that uh, you know really helps you in your in your regular day to day to actually carry out you know your job. I have a, I have a good setup system on my end uh, and uh, and the other systems which I work on and it's like it's pretty seamless on my end every, regularly every day. There are some hiccups sometimes do come up when the systems are slow. On the other side, where the ports do not get completed um, as soon as possible and customers are down for, I would say, around an hour or so max, to be honest. So when a customer is down, uh, you know, for, for an hour or more, um, what, what, do you, what can you do in that situation? 
Well, I do correspond to our wholesalers. If something is or something I get information from the carrier saying that we have a delay in completing the ports and stuff like that, so I do send uh, updates to the wholesalers, whoever are porting on that day, saying that there will be a delay. Please inform your customer and just create proper expectations for this. Would you say by now, after years of you know number porting in the industry, um, that maybe some customers are, are kind of used to this or uh, are these kind of outages and loss of services still uh, really stressful for you know, end customers? Um, it's pretty less nowadays because things are automated on the other side of stuff. So like uh, all other providers have automations going through also like for completing the ports and getting the networks updated for that number. So it's pretty less, but it yes, it does happen. It is electronics and it is systems. So there will be systems going down sometimes or the other. What's your opinion on fully automating this process to the point that you won't even need a person to like you, you, you know, it, Fred, you, you would, we wouldn't even need you Fred. I mean, I hate to say it, but what, what is the possibility of that happening? Um, the possibility of a person not doing number boarding is impossible to be honest, because the reason why, because there are so many legacy systems at the back end of different, different providers, uh, big providers, I would say so that, there has to be a manual process required for, for example, a validation to be sent out, uh, port approval to be sent out manually, those types of things. But by large, yes, if it's a single number, like if it's a residential number, yes, things can be automated, like in the sense like it can, the system can validate the number and send the uh, porting to the system and get it approved and the customer gets an email and on the day when the um, number is being ported, they get another email saying it's progress and it gets closed and completed and customers with us. So in a in a really good day of number porting, what does that look like? Like a really a successful day for you? A successful day would be when the numbers get triggered. At eight, There are two time slots when the numbers get triggered. Uh, and in progress, one is at 8 o'clock and the other one is in the afternoon, at, which is at 12 o'clock. And when the number gets triggered, I monitor the monitor all the orders which are in progress. And when the order is completed, I have a look and see if the networks have been correctly updated and the number is correctly ported to us. So Fred, just to finish, give any words of advice for people who are, you know, either just starting out in this voice industry or with number porting in in particular, uh, what would you say to them? Well, I would just say that uh, stick to what you like. It's main, main thing is you should like number porting type of stuff and provisioning the customers and contacting the customers too because contacting the customers is very important on my line. The customer should be informed every time. Fred, is there any last words that you have before we wrap the interview? I said, if you if you like number voting, go for it. I would I like number voting. That's why I'm in that field. Just don't take Fred's job. Fred is great. <laughs>
that wraps up my interview with Fred. You've been listening to The Growth Podcast, a production by Voyager Internet. Produced, edited, and mixed by myself, Christian Espinoza. With special thanks to Fred Wadia. If you like this podcast and would like to hear more, simply subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you have any questions about number porting, then Fred is definitely the man to ask. Until next time, peace.